Hey there! Welcome to What's Up Compound, a six-part podcast series exploring the historical context of comprehensive health education in Denver Public Schools. It is brought to you by the Compound team, Rose Barklow, Steph Schneider, and Becca Abeda. So the first thing we really wanted to do is provide a clear understanding of the DPS like leadership structure that exists. Um, and so there's really four to five main kind of departments in DPS that could always change at a, at a drop of a dime. But as of 2021, we have the schools division, we have academics division, we have student equity and opportunity, and we have strategy. And so in the schools division, your most, the people that you want to know about are uh, what we call raises and rises. And those are the um, area superintendents and area assistant superintendents. And they are really the people who are helping in specific regions and in specific schools around the school's like improvement plan and making sure the school's achieving their um, educational plan for their students. Uh, in academics, kind of the two words that I really um, recognize in academics is curriculum and instruction. And so this is where you're going to get anybody who is involved with any level of curriculum instruction. Um, as well as like career connect, which is like um, college and career readiness. Any other? I think. No, like all of our library services, are they part of They're, academics? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, so our library services. services and resources for that. Um, and then all of our like different departments, literacy, math, science, social studies, the electives, mm -hmm. world language, all that lives in academics too. Yep, and then we have student equity and opportunity is like special ed, it's um, psychologists, therapists, counselors, nurses, um, they like behavior, um, discipline, um, gifted and talented, um, all the things you think of uh, around whole child work. So like the things that are not specific to actual instruction live in student equity and opportunity. Uh, and then strategy is a new name, so it could change again by the time you hear this. It used to be called impact. And so, and so the strategy office is where you're gonna get like financial, um, research and data, uh, you're going to have people who can support in planning um, around school and district goals and then project managers. Um, what do y'all have to add around kind of DPS divisions outside of that? I think you did a great job not hitting on all of them. Did we cover operations though or is that? That is strategy. Part of strategy so those two are going to yeah. together. Okay. Yep. Um, so it's just good to understand every district is different and that's roughly the kind of divisions and departments uh, that exist. In DPS there's about 15,000 employees um, and obviously many of those are at the school based. Uh, we have between four and 5,000 in the central office. Um, moving towards like historical content, context around health and um, where it has lived. So um, before 2017, Comprehensive Health lived in the Student Equity and Opportunity Department under the Healthy Schools Manager. And then they really recognized that to move the work forward and to give health academic legitimacy, it needed to move into curriculum and instruction. And 
uh, it was put in the arts and PE department, APED, because um, people at the time saw a, lot of, saw a lot of overlap and connection between PE and health. Steph, what do you got? Yeah, I would, I would just say that, yeah, like being in the academics department is where we get, like Rose said, our academic integrity, but it's also been a little bit of a battle and a struggle to keep that integrity and kind of build it out to have its own separate program. I think a lot of people, or what you might find with the mindset is that health and PE are the same thing. And really the fight and the struggle has been that health is separate from PE. Um, we do see like a lot of overlap, but I think the conversation has been around PE has its standards, health has its standards, and we teach things in a very different way. And so to kind of protect that academic integrity is really promoting health, not as part of PE, but as its own separate thing. It's a classroom-based content. It's really where we would teach skills, like a lot of explicit instruction in some of the things happens in health. And then the PE is complementary, but it's really where students would practice what they've learned. They're using, say, their communication skills that their health teacher taught them in a collaborative environment in an activity in PE. And so I think that that mindset is still, it's still around and you'll probably run into like, why aren't PE and health the same? And I think that'll be a continuous struggle is that they are separate, they are complementary, but we have two completely different things that we teach in PE versus health and the classroom-based content. Yeah, and I would just, the only thing I would add is that we don't see a lot of PE teachers who have the skills to teach health. PE teachers are great at, in, a, in a gym environment, um, but even though they might have a passion around health, we often don't see that they have the skills to teach a health class in a classroom-based um, environment. Um, but maybe that'll change. Yeah, I think that that's where we see too, like a lot of other professionals coming in, like social workers and school psychs and counselors, maybe working in tandem with some of the other staff at the school. And so the PE teacher could be like a really great resource for reinforcing some of those things, but again, might not have the skills yet to be able to teach health with that academic integrity. Um, Steph, you wanna share about like kind of social emotional learning and what the difference is between PE and health? Yeah, yeah, so a little bit of that that I just mentioned before, but really that distinguished piece between PE and health is where we have the same actual worded standard. So PE, you'll see, has like a social and emotional learning standard. Health also has a social and emotional learning standard. But what that actually looks like in the classroom is very different. So if you think about like third grade, for example, in PE, that's where they're gonna be like demonstrating some social behaviors when they're working collaboratively, doing a team activity, whatever that third grade PE work is. Whereas like on the health side, you would be teaching them about communication. How do we talk to our peers with care and respect? How do we take that interpersonal skill and apply it to say a positive interaction? So those things in a third grade classroom, a health classroom would be taught, the PE teacher would take them, work on a physical activity and they would be demonstrating those kind of social behaviors that were actually taught in the third grade classroom. So both of those would be social and emotional learning, looks very different in a PE classroom as opposed to a health classroom. Uh, and, and Steph, are PE and health the only two places where social emotional learning standards exist or are there other places as well? So that PE and health, it's a good question. That's the only place where they're actually written down. And I'm sure you'll know, a lot of teachers teach social and emotional learning. It looks very different depending. And I think, again, like why we keep the health integrity, the academic integrity in health is that the explicit instruction and in skills probably only lives within health. So 
if our students aren't getting it, a health class in any grade level, they may not be getting any explicit instruction in any social emotional learning skills. But PE has a little bit of it, but not the explicit instruction piece. But all of our teachers are teaching social emotional learning in some way. You'll kind of see in one of our other talks <laughs> where we kind of talk about how social emotional learning comes in and how it's really dynamic. But I think the bulk of it will live with health. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest challenge when you think of like DPS structure um, is going to be the local control and the flexibility model that DPS um, uh, believes in, at least at this moment. Um, it really feels like we have 200 plus schools and they are each their own individual business. And so you have to go one at a time to try to uh, convince a school that a comprehensive health class or integration of comprehensive health into um, you know K through fifth grade um, classroom um, and you have to do that one at a time at this point and then you have a lot of turnover in principals a lot of turnover in teachers so it kind of feels like at the beginning of every year you're starting from scratch um, and so I think that's the biggest uh, kind of struggle and challenge within the DPS structure is that look local control and flexibility and teacher um, turnover. Yeah, and I think we can just like wrap up with like one of the biggest takeaways for this would be, again, like that we live in the academic department. I think a big challenge will be preserving that academic integrity. And so just like any other subject, like literacy, like math, like social studies, we really, we tell our teachers to teach the standards, right? And so for that academic integrity, I would say the big takeaway for health is that we're working to teach the health standards the way that they look in a health classroom to really preserve the academic integrity. Thanks for joining us on this episode of What's Up Comp Health, exploring the historical context of comprehensive health education in DPS.